I mean, these are highly accomplished leaders, many of them running divisions that are bigger than a lot of companies. And the reaction was, they said, you know what? He's spot on. We didn't see it. We were so busy enjoying the spoils of our success. We didn't see it. Episode 183. This is how great leaders lead. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With 1.4 million listens and downloads growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to helping highly principled people live to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Great to be with you, Jason. Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you as always. So um, we always dive right in, and that's what I love. We're not going to make our listeners sit through five minutes of commercials to to hear some great content. Um, And you have been on the road, and you've written about uh, a lot of accomplished business leaders in the world. But this week, uh, we were talking before the show, and you say you witnessed some of the best and most effective leadership you've ever seen and you definitely have my attention. So tell me what happened. All right. Well, let me begin by setting the stage. Uh, now, I have to say this. Um, most speeches, a lot of the speeches that I give to big annual conferences, annual conventions, associations, and we get a testimonial and it goes on the website, uh, I'm able to talk about. I am not going to be able to identify this client uh, because of an ongoing confidentiality agreement. I've done a lot of work for this firm over the years, uh, but it's all on the quiet side. So let's. Um, so, I, so I have to begin by saying that. But what happened is just too good not to talk to or talk about. Uh, so this was the uh, annual meeting of the top uh, of the top leadership of a company. Now, here's the story of the company. The company consistently grows double digits. Uh, it's, it's an incredible performer. They just hit $40 billion in annual sales. They had record profitability and growth last year and again in the fourth quarter. And so these leaders thought they were flying in from all over the place for a celebration uh, because that's what's supposed to happen when you knock it out of the park. Well, let me tell you, here's what happened. Uh, at the start of the conference... The CEO walked the stage, uh, no music, no videos, no introduction, no voice of God, no balloons. He looked at the assembled leaders and he said, congratulations on a very strong performance. And then proceeded to tell them that the seeds of their own destruction were being sown by all of them, including him. And for the next hour, He pointed out all the things that weren't being done, how nobody had done what they'd agreed to the previous years in terms of key performance uh, initiatives or measurements, and because they were too busy enjoying their success. And during this hour, he hinted at arrogance, self-absorption, entitlement, and silos, and said the purpose of the meeting was to get everyone on track, and that together, they would develop the KPIs that each leader would be responsible for achieving quarter by quarter with a direct report to him. And then he said, and I'm not going to bug you. I won't remind you. I won't nag, but I'll tell you this. Uh, You either do that every quarter for the rest of the year, or I'm not going to award any stock 
to anyone who fails to comply. Now, you might think that this would put the meeting on a definite downer. They then took about a 10 to 15 minute break. This man is just such an incredible leader. And as testament to the leaders he's hired and developed, everyone got excited, jumped on board, said, you know what? This is not something we haven't done before. We can do it again. Let's go. And it was one of the most productive and exciting days I have ever experienced in my life. Now, here's a company that will continue to grow by leaps and bounds and continue to amaze. And I wanted to come back and check my math. The first Fortune 500 was released in 1955. The 500 biggest companies in the 500 biggest publicly traded companies in the United States. Today, fewer than 40 of them exist. They've gone bankrupt, been sopped away, disappeared. And it's really incredible when you think about that because they have brawn, they have brains, they have capital, they've got market share, uh, they've got time ahead of them, they've, got, they've had everything going for them, and still, I mean, they don't survive. Well, here's one company that will continue to grow by leaps and bounds and continue to amaze. So it really led me uh, on the plane trip home. It led me to a number of observations. I, I've probably got a handful or probably got 10, but I want to share uh, just a few with you. Number one, successful people and companies frequently start to take their success for granted. In other words, they believe their own BS. They believe their own press clippings. So as I told you, the original Fortune 500 from 1955, fewer than 10% remained, 450 died, got absorbed, went out of business. The average lifespan of a company in the S&P, I just checked this yesterday, is less than 20 years versus 60 years back in the 1960s. So in the 1950s, the 1960s, the early 1970s, if you were in the S&P, you're gonna have, probably going to have a future lifespan of about 60 years. Today, it's less than 20. Everything is just happening faster and faster and faster. So that's number one. Number two, my second observation, is that most companies overlook small things, which if you take corrective action, can be handled. But because most companies don't take corrective action, or they continue to overlook them, or they think they're no big thing, they become the tsunamis that do them in later on. And number three, when the person steering the ship sees it as drifting off course, immediate course correction is required. And most CEOs don't do it. They let it go. And finally, number four, most companies don't realize that what got them to where they are is not going to get them to where they want to go. They believe every one of them I've ever seen fail. They believed that they were the exception to the rule, and they didn't have to embrace continual nonstop change and reinvention. So that's the story of what happened, and those are a few of the observations I made. And so I'll turn it over to you for some thoughts or questions. I'd like to go back to the CEO and the relational capacity that that CEO has to have with the leaders in the room to be able to get up and say, we're not doing, and, and you use the word we, I picked up on that. So it wasn't, Hey, this is, these are all the things you are not nope. doing. No, nope. he, he took ownership along with it, but 
Talk about the relational capacity in the room. Was there the feeling of people in the audience that, oh, here he goes. We can't do anything right. He's always finding the little stuff. Um, we have this great performance, and all he can do is come in here and nitpick and find everything, the little things that we're doing wrong. Uh, no, I've, uh, I've got a couple of observations in that. First of all, you have to remember, uh, I was familiar, or I, I, I know the leader very well. I have worked with the leader for a number of years. I, I knew most of the people who were in the room and have worked with them before. But I mean, I'm not part of the company. I'm an outside resource coming in, I mean, to deliver a speech. And, uh, but the moment he said, uh, no music, uh, no videos, no voice of God introduction, we have been sowing the seeds of our own destruction. I have to tell you, I remember thinking, I moved so forward. I mean, my bum was truly on the edge of the chair. I became one of them. And as I listened to this one-hour speech, what I kept thinking of is this man is, uh, first of all, he is a tough taskmaster. There's no question about it. But he is one of those leaders uh, I made the observation during my speech uh, to them that if you only led from the head, uh, you'd be a horrible leader to work for. I wouldn't want to be there. On the other hand, if you only led from your heart, uh, you wouldn't have an enterprise to lead. And and today, a requisite of leadership is a leader truly has to allow their heads to meet their heart. And so a leader can be hard, tough, and demanding and loving and warm at the same time, because the leader is trying to provide better tomorrows for everybody in the room. And I remember when they took a break, and you've got to remember, these leaders who work for the ultimate leader in the organization, these are people who run huge enterprises when you're a $45 billion company. I mean, they themselves, I mean, are making millions of dollars a year. These are not mid-level managers. I mean, these are highly accomplished leaders, many of them running divisions that are bigger than a lot of companies. And the reaction was, I mean, because they, they were very engaging uh, during the break. And uh, they said, you know what? He's spot on. We didn't see it. We were so busy enjoying the spoils of our success, we didn't see it. That's why he runs the company. And you know what? And I, I mentioned this earlier. The, the, the reaction was, you know what? We've been here before. I mean, we've faced trouble before. We've faced challenges before. We have always proven that we can overcome anything that's thrown in front of us. Let's get back in there and figure out how to get this done. It was... Um, it was a testament to the leader. I think it was also a testament to the leader who's he's, he's handpicked and led and developed uh, over a number of years. I, it, it was one of the most refreshing things that's ever happened to me in business. So uh, just to recap for the listeners really quick, if that's okay, uh, mm -hmm. you gave us really four lessons to learn and to implement in our businesses as we think about how to avoid this uh, being a victim of our own success. Successful people and companies start to take their success for granted. That's warning sign number one. They then overlook the small things, which get big later on. And the and then those are the two warning signs. Then the two proactive aspects of this, when the person steering the ship, the leader, sees that they're off course, they immediately make correction, what you experienced uh, firsthand. And then most companies don't realize that what got them where they are is not what it will take to get them where they want to go. So 
Right. And, and it's about, it can, I mean, it's the title of one of my books, The Reinventors, Embracing Nonstop Continuous Change. What this company looks like at $45 billion a year uh, is very, very different than what they look like at $12 billion a year. I mean, the things they were doing as a $12 billion company are not the things that brought them to being a $45 billion company. I mean, so it's, it's, it's been an embrace of continuous radical change. Did the leader speak to or, or mention an aha moment that where the light bulb went on, or was it something that had been watching, this person had been watching over the course of months to arrive at this conclusion? Uh, it, it, it was over a matter of months because the previous January they had met. They had built a strategic plan. And what happened is each of them went back and they implemented the strategic plan for their own individual business unit, but they forgot the greater corporate organization and the things that they had agreed to do for the betterment of the total corporate organization as opposed to just their business unit. I mean, nobody had delivered on any of the key performance indicators as part of the strategy that they had agreed to in January. He noticed it mid-year, mm-hmm. and then he just kept observing and observing and observing. So I also hear you saying that he's equipping his leaders. He's not coming in and micromanaging through this. Nope. Nope. And it's the delegation aspect. Another important uh, lesson to learn. And and not only that, I mean, he is developing leaders who are capable of of of, of leading great organizations. Mm. But, but again, I want to say it one more time. Tough, hard, demanding, very smart, but always lets the head meet the heart. I mean, he was telling me uh, during my private time with him before the session began, we had some time together. uh, He was telling me um, about why he does what he does. And he said, look, it's not about money. It's, It's just not about money. My wife and I live very, very humbly. We're people of modest means. Well, you can imagine running a $45 billion company. You can imagine his income and his compensation program. But I mean, he said, look, we've got a house, we've got cars, we've got clothes, we've got whatever we want. But he said, I, that's not why I work. And I said, well, why do you work? And he said, you already know the answer to that because you asked me that uh, before. I work to watch other people achieve their full economic potential and win. And he said, to me, that is the greatest pleasure at this point in my life that I can receive. It's just great to see other people achieve their full potential as fellow leaders. Fantastic. Wow. What a great lesson and insight into leadership. Any final words for us? Uh, yeah. I, first of all, you always ask any final thoughts. And, uh, and I always do have final thoughts. And, and sometimes I mention them. And uh, sometimes I wonder if what I'm going to say sounds uh, self-serving. So what I offer uh, as a closing thought is, um, uh, is not look at me. I did something very nice. That's not the point of the story. The story has another point. So I was all scheduled to come back uh, from these couple of days. And I stood looking at security lines. And uh, I'm a lucky guy. I mean, if, if, if anybody listening doesn't spend that $100 a year or $100 every couple of years for clear, you're crazy. I mean, because you just go and put your two fingers down. And so I knew I was going to bypass the lines. But with the government shutdown, I mean, I looked at these lines snaking, and it must have been 
I don't know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And it was a long, long wait. And so I decided I needed to do something. And so I got through relatively quickly because when you pass through clear with your two fingers and the facial recognition, uh, then you, you still have to interface with the TSA uh, because you go to the pre-line. And the, and the pre-lines were long, too. And I kept looking at all these people thinking, you know what? They're all working without a paycheck. They've all been working without a paycheck. I know I can't reach in, and I probably had a couple hundred dollars in my wallet. My first instinct was to take a couple hundred bucks out of my wallet and say, can I put this in a, in a bottle someplace so you can buy some pizzas or something? But I, I think that would be bribing TSA agents, so you can't do that. And so I looked at my watch, and I had, uh, I had time. I had about an hour and a half. So uh, I decided I was going to take the time to walk around and shake the hand and thank every single TSA worker. Um, and because I knew there'd be a story there. And uh, so I was shaking hands and they were all very grateful for the thank you. And then I came to this one woman and an author is supposed to be good at describing people. Um, but I will just tell you a middle-aged woman you could tell she's probably had some ups and downs in her life. Part of her life has been tough just by her physical appearance and, and lines that have been caused by a tough life or worry. And I said, ma'am, uh, I just want to take a moment and thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, and at this, she burst into tears and she buried me in this big hug and said, you're the only one today who said thank you. And I think that's the point of the story. Not the, not, not the fact that I took the time to thank people uh, because I'm an extrovert and that stuff comes pretty easy to me. Um, but because of her reaction, nobody else has said thank you to me today. And it just reminds me the power. I mean, we've talked about this many times, the power of a thank you, the power of making a positive comment, the power of giving a compliment, the power of acknowledging somebody else for something they've done. Uh, it is the most powerful thing we have in our arsenal, and it's free. And it really doesn't take anything at all. All it takes is a genuine feeling. And uh, so I'm, I'm constantly reminded, I mean, let's just be nice, be nice. And, and, and all of our going in and all of our going out or coming in and going out, let's take the time to extend a hand and to say thank you or job well done or I found that very meaningful or it could be as little as have a great day. Mm. Fantastic reminder. Easy to do. I was thinking of a group of friends uh, I was with Friday morning were sitting around talking, you know, what What could you do? Because we came to the same conclusion. You can't slip a $100 bill. No, 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 no. You don't want to go there. <laughs> no. But, you know, and, and it really is as simple as that. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And it means it means a lot. So uh, that was a great final thought for us. Thank you so much. I'll remind our listeners to subscribe in the iTunes store. And uh, you can also subscribe at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes so that each and every week when a new episode is released, you 
know it. And it's a great way to get the latest episode. Jason would love to hear from you. Jason at jason-jennings.com is the email address. Jason at jason-jennings.com. If you've got a question, if you've got a podcast idea that we could talk through right here, that would be fantastic. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com. 